what does that mean? That is one of the most important questions that you can ask a physician. The Seven Figure Boss Podcast is finally here and it's all about ditching your detrimental thoughts to make the seven figure money through your dream business. I am your host, Adrian Velasquez, the original seven figure boss, and I'm going to be powering you with all of the knowledge you'll ever need to conquer your own limiting beliefs and to step into the life of abundance, joy, and guess what? Financial freedom. Aside from the one-on-one episodes, I am also bringing you insightful interviews with my million-dollar bosses who will teach you what it takes and how you can build your own road to generational wealth. So are you ready to step into the new chapter of the seven-figure journey with me? Well, hey, 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 hey. I am so excited to be back with y'all. Two is a charm, as they always say. I am excited to be able to bring this sister to the stage, Dr. Karen Reynolds. Now, I'm going to have her go in and share with y'all because what she do is a little bit different. But y'all know I'm, I love my daddy. And y'all know what went on with my mother. And I'm all about patient advocacy. And I just want to know what's up with her headline. I can't wait to hear her speak at the Seven Figure Boss Summit. So without further ado, I'm going to bring her to the stage. Well, welcome, Dr. Karen Reynolds. Well, thank you, Adrian. I'm so glad to be here talking with everybody. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. So you know what? Tell the view, viewers that don't know about you, give them a, a, a little background on you. What is it that you do? Okay. So I'm Dr. Karen Reynolds. I'm a doctor of academia. So I'm a doctor, doctorate of health administration, and I'm a board certified patient advocate. So what I do is I help people navigate the health system. I help you have your voice. I help you be empowered in the system. I help you get your peace in the system. And there are several ways that I do that. Either I can speak with your doctors, I go to your appointments. But the main thing is I teach you how to communicate and to have your voice and to help you with the decision support. So that's in a nutshell. That's what I do. I love it. Remember I was sharing with you before my mom had passed, she had always talked about how it's like it's so important to have an advocate because a lot of times we are not present when we have things that are going on with our health or we just don't understand or we don't know our rights. You know what I'm saying? So how is it that you come in and you help people with that? What is it that you do? Walk me through it, girl. Okay. So It's important to understand that most of our interactions with the health system are reactive rather than proactive. And I say reactive because over 80% of the people go into the hospital through the emergency room. So that tells you right there, it was unplanned. Okay. Mm. So I'll take you um, through an example of what I did for one of my clients. She was diagnosed with cancer. 
she was referred to me and she gave me a call. She said, I don't know what to do. So the first thing we did is I went over what she should ask her doctors. And that was a tremendous help for her because once we outline, okay, what doctors do you have? Where is your doctor? Do you have all the phone numbers? Give me all the important documents, all the insurance. That way I can upload them in my system. So if she ever goes into the hospital, give me a call. I can give them what they need. So one of the important questions, how I prepped her for her appointment is I told her, I said, what does that mean? That is one of the most important questions that you can ask a physician. What does that mean? Because you do, you check out. Sometimes you can check out for weeks. The doctor tells you you have something, it's the womp, 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 womp in your ear. It sure is. And, 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 and you can't think of anything else. So I gave her a list of questions to ask and told her to take her pen and paper and she write and write them down. If she had any questions while she was in that doctor's appointment, give me a call. And there were a couple of times where she called me and she said, the doctors are in the room, talk to them. So I asked a series of questions to them. I asked my client, do you understand what that means? Do you agree with what they're saying to you? Do you want them to move forward with this plan of care for you? If wow. the answers are yes, then we're all good. If she doesn't understand something, I'm going back to the questions. So what made you pick to become an advocate? I worked in the health system for over 30 years and I was always in patient access. And patient access was admitting, it was the emergency room. It was dealing with traumas that come in and you have to talk with the patients to get information. And a lot of the scenarios that I saw or the mistreatment, the, the, the anger that came wow. from patients, it was because they didn't understand a few things. They didn't know their health insurance or they didn't know how to talk to the doctors. They didn't know how to find out what was going on. And these were very simple things that with just a little bit of education or somebody being there, being that calm voice, they could have made it through the system. They could have made it better through the system. Wow. They could have got better treatment had they understood. And one of the main things is people did not understand their health insurance. And when you do not understand your health insurance, that magnifies the problem because our care that we receive is only as good as that authorization sometimes because you can go to a facility and you find out they didn't pay for anything well they didn't pay because you were out of network but people don't understand wow. what those terms mean so I talk to the clients and we go over what is your insurance? What are your needs? Do you have the right doctors in place? Do you have the right documents in place? Who in your family is your go-to? Some of those conversations are really hard to have, especially when you're older and you know you have those favorite nieces or nephews in the family. And sometimes that older sibling thinks that they're going to be the one who's going to step in. And then right. they're not. And no one understands why. So I help families have these conversations for clarity, for understanding, because ultimately the patient is the one who has to have that peace about what they're doing. And ultimately, so I respect that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I noticed over, you know, you said that you was working in one field for 30 years and you mm -hmm. made this transition mm -hmm. over into being a patient advocate. 
Yes. What was the biggest challenge when you made this transition from one career path to the next? The biggest challenge for me was when I said I'm a patient advocate, nobody knew what the heck I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know how I was like, girl, what you talking about? They had no clue what I was talking about. And so when you go into the health system, you have these people there. They have advocates in the hospital, like maybe your room wasn't cleaned or maybe the physician or you can't communicate with the nurses. So they have some people come up and they try to move things along. But the problem with that is, and the problem that I saw that as nice as those people are and knowledgeable, they work for the hospital. So ultimately, anything that they do, it has to be for the rules and the guidelines of the hospital. I'm an independent patient advocate, which means that I focus on person-centered care. I don't work for the health insurance company. I don't work for the hospital. Yes. I work for you. I intimately talk with you, find out what you want. And because I have that special skill set to do the ins and outs and who to talk with and, and what to say, I'm a licensed health insurance agent. So I know what to look for in those policies. I'm a licensed life insurance agent. So I understand how those are supposed to work. I have been securities licensed before. So I understand how you, how you can protect your family in the event of an untimely de demise and what's important with that. But most importantly, I talk to people about the scenarios that you are not going to find when you do research. I'm going to talk to that family who has that mother who's elderly, who has that nephew, that brother, that cousin that wanted to move in with them. And the family said, yeah, go ahead and take them. And then she got sick. He's still in the house. He's not participating. He thinks she's going to pass. Wow. He's selling <laughs> stuff out the house now. What do we do about this? Oh, Jesus. Those are some real scenarios. Or, yeah, it is. or you have a parent that's still living and one has passed on. It may have been a blended family. Well, dad wants to get back out there. So here you go with these young ladies that's coming up, creeping up, and dad's just trying to have a good time, not even thinking about the family assets. How do you have conversations like that? How do you determine if dad has reached a stay where maybe he's having some cognitive issues or he's just having fun? How do you talk to him? How yes. can you get in front of them to protect the family assets? With, my family, with my family, my parents divorced when I was four, my mom and dad, but my mother met the love of her life, a woman who she was with for 33 years. When my mother was sick with lupus and she started approaching her entering into the healthcare system more and more, you know, and they couldn't get married at that time. They were together in the seventies. So my mother passed away in 2009. So we were a blended family. My mother could not be married and my other mommy had to be listed as a sister. Wow. And when you're transitioning and you know it, you just want the love of your life by your side at every single moment. But you had to keep their sexual orientation at the forefront. Now, my moms were very fortunate that my sister and I were there so that unconscious bias and those things that happened, we were able to step in and have a rights, check people when we needed to. But because I understood the system, I knew how to get things done for her. So do you done. think that this is what made you go the route with being an advocate, just seeing what your mother had gone through? 
Absolutely. I didn't want another family to have to go through that. Whether they were not married, whether they were LGBTQ, they're a family. And oftentimes family is not by blood, but in people who have families with designs like mine, how do you make it through that? Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here because we knew what to do. And I can talk to other families about what to do to protect your family, to protect your right so that when you're approaching your end of life, or it may not even be the end of life, you may have a health condition and it may be long-term and you can't participate daily like you would. But if you don't have documents in place, you leave it to the physicians to decide or they're calling on some family members. That's one of the biggest things that people do not set up their their legacy. They don't no. protect it, you know, and a lot of times it's out of that fear. So how do you address people that are dealing with the fear with they, they don't want to have that conversation? Well, I have to be very candid with them because once they contact me, it's a candid conversation and I'm not going to sugarcoat the consequences. Mm. And and I go straight in on that and I'll say, is this what you want to happen? Well, if it's if you don't make the choice, somebody's going to make the choice. Wow. And the choice they make may not be the one that you want. It may involve court systems who are going to follow rules and and they aren't going to care who's on the other side of those rules. And it's a shame when you live your whole life, you know, you're you're preparing for births, you're preparing for weddings, you know, even the audience will be preparing to come to this conference, but their idea of legacy is, okay, I need to protect my assets or I need to be able to bury my loved one. No. What about the ones who are living with illnesses? So what, what about do you the say ones? to those people? What do, how, how do you have that conversation with, so do you tell them, hey, so you need to go and get you some life insurance, or do you need to put, you know, make sure everything is in the trust? Or do you need to make sure that you put this down in a living will that I'm taking over? Like, how is that conversation with the people that are coming to you? Well, what or people, I, the audience that's listening to you. Okay. So when you contact me, we have an initial conversation just to see if what you need is something that I can even help you with. That's just a mere 15 minutes just to make sure there's a couple of things in place. Then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about what what your needs are. I will go into family dynamics. I'll go about ultimately what are the goals. If there are current situations going on, we'll go into that. And I'll come back to you with the plan on how I can help. But the thing is, you have a responsibility as well. I need you to be engaging. I need you to be coachable. I need you to be open. I need you to talk and I need you to follow through and I need you to show up because that's exactly what I'm going to do. So depending on the scenario, if you have a a physician's appointment coming up, we're going to go through questions that you need to ask for that. We're going to go through scenarios that happen and I'm going to help you with the decision support to move to the next level. So if someone wants to contact me and 
they're going through a, a serious condition or they just want to prepare. We're going to find out what you have in place and what you have in place. We're going to go through those things to see if they're actually meeting the needs that you expect for them to need. Like, for example, some people might have a will in place, but if one of the spouses were to pass before the other spouse, did you account for did that spouse really want the house? Did they want to sell the house? Or, or yeah, no, if someone has a condition that. that you account for, if someone has to go into the nursing home and they're the breadwinner, their money's going to follow them. So we deep dive into the different scenarios um, that could happen. And I have a system already in place that they can follow through that can cover every area from how do you determine your emergency contact? How do you prepare your child when they go off to college to manage their health on their own? I'm thinking about all these scenarios that are already there and we're talking through this and we're working through this. And the most important thing is, is that I am getting from them what they ultimately want to happen. And if something that they tell me, Karen, well, this is what I want to happen, I'm going to come up with maybe a consequence of that scenario. And I'm going to say, is this what you were expecting to happen? If this happens, how are you prepared to handle that? Wow. So they can get pretty, they can get pretty deep and emotional. Yeah, I bet it can. So what would you probably say, what was your fondest memory as a child? My fondest memory as a child? Well, I would have to say that we did a lot of family events as a child. My mother was big on celebrations. Now she was very big on rules and good grades, but when it came to celebrations, I'm talking the 4th of July, we're planning three days ahead. We're out at the Hart Plaza at five in the morning and we have our food, we have our tents, we have our portable, you know, potties and we down front and center. She just loved to celebrate. She loved to celebrate family and she liked to, um, you know, go places. She liked for us to experience different things outside of our norm. That's why we were in so many activities. And those are the fond things. And my mother was so smart and my dad is smart too. So they taught us about when you make decisions, they came at us with the questions. I mean, we had to stand our ground if it was something that we really, really wanted to do. And I don't, I don't think that parents um, talk to their children like that anymore. And that's where I get my inquisitiveness from and my knowledge. But that's one of my fond memories, just being celebratory with my family. I love it. So um, as far as like being an entrepreneur, because now you're self-employed, right? Yes. So how does it feel? I love it every day. And it's frustrating every day at the same time, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it's such a freedom and it's such a goal when you think about what has been in your head and then you translate it into processes, into systems. And, and then when you get feedback from people and, and it's positive, I, I love it. I, I don't, I don't like being bound by by rules and things that I believe are just so, so trivial. You know, I liked, I don't, I don't want to, to have to sit 
at a, at a company and be reminded all while I'm there that I could be doing more. That is just the worst feeling. And then someone told you, well, this is what you're worth and this is what you're going to do. And so, no, time out for those days. And the thing is, when you said what was one of my fondest memories, childhood, I actually had someone take me back to childhood. I had to write a letter from my six-year-old self to my adult self now. And what would I say? And the things that came out of that letter are my whys. And so doing this business with those tough days, I remember that because I'm not going to quit because I didn't get a like. I'm not going to quit because maybe the funding didn't come in. I'm not going to quit because I didn't get enough sleep. It's deeper than that. And it means more than that to me. So I'm here. I'm here to stay. I love it. And I'm going to evolve with it. And God brought me here. He's going to make sure I have what I need as long as I do the work. Amen. So what would you say was probably one of the biggest challenges with going from your nine to five to being self-employed? You know, hitting that, that number, knowing, knowing when to step away and to be fully sufficient on your own. You know, I had done other businesses and I left too soon. And so I was determined not to leave too soon this time. Um, And so it wasn't just about replacing the income. It was about the retirement that I have in place and, you know, the things that I still needed to afford. It was about what's that gross income I was making, you know, times 60 percent that I don't have to touch when it's time to come here in, in my business. And then I have a great support system with my husband as well. Love it. So what is your mantra that you live by? Um, I always say, if you're the smartest one in your circle, you need a bigger circle. For real. Yeah. And and, and I say that because as much as I know, there's always more to learn. That's why I never approach a situation like I have all the answers and I'm always listening and I still ask questions. So we should never feel, oh, I got this. As confident as I am in my ability to deliver Every situation is different. And if I can rely on my core competencies and activities, they're going to carry me to make sure that as I listen and evolve, that I'm able to give my clients what they need for their peace and their resolve. Amen. So what do you enjoy to do with your free time? I love my grand dudes. (laughs) (laughs) We have three grandkids. So so in love. So I get it. I totally get it. Yes, we love the grand dues. Um, love to travel in my free time too. You know, we take taking amazing vacations, not not just, you know, drives down the road. You know, I love just going out different places, being outside in, in the warm weather. And I love doing family events too, just being with my family. Yes. So what advice would you give to anybody that's sitting on the fence that's wanting to start their own business? Um, What I would tell them, if it's something that is just in your gut and you can't get it to go away, you need to start it. Because usually those things that we do well are the things that we do well naturally. So 
if you're sitting on a fence about what to do and say, for instance, you know, you do have a nine to five and you, you get compliments and those compliments, they trend in certain areas. And these are things that you do effortlessly. That's your talent and that's your gift. And that's what you, that's what you should, that's what you should go for. Um, but when you go for it, everything is done in decency and in order. So just take your steps, list what you want to do, find out what you have to do to get started, but don't stay too long in that planning process. Take those action steps. If you have a name, look up the domain name. If it's available, secure it. Then check to see if anyone is using the name that you want to use and then go ahead and lock it in with the LLC. You know, even if it takes you a minute to get processes, but just that first step right there is enough to keep you going to the next, keep going to the next. I say you have to go ahead and you have to give it a try because you can't be blessed and you can't find out where you need to pivot if you don't move. You got to move. Amen. I love it. So what is next for you? Well, next for me... If I pulled up this folder, you can see all these things on this on this folder that I have. So, but what's really next for me is I'm I am I am scaling up, moving to another level in my business. And so it's out of my comfort zone. And this next level of putting together different programs. It has taken me to meet with other coaches to really learn how to do the strategy and be strategic with it because I'm approaching the phase where it is time for me not to just um, explode my income, but it's also time for me to build these other places and these other projects that I have right now and set some things aside for my future because I am looking at this opportunity that I have with you to get in front of this audience Ooh. and to be able to share something that's just so significant to everyone that I've even had the opportunity to say, this is what patient advocacy is. It goes beyond the care. I am just relishing in just what's going to happen from that. And I'm preparing and I am saying yes to everything that aligns with me moving forward and upward. Amen. Amen. So where can our audience find you? Um, you can find me on social media, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all under Carico Well. K-A-R-E-K-O-W-E-L-L. -L. And I know it's a unique name, but just remember this. My name is Karen, the care part. They call my mother Coco. That's where the coke comes from. So it's Carico Well. And then also on my um, non-business pages, I engage a little more so you can know more about me. And so you can find me on Facebook under Karen Green Reynolds. And you can find me on Instagram under carry on, which is K-A-R-I underscore O-N underscore. Or if you can't remember any of that, just go to my website, carecomwell.com and fill out the contact form. It'll come to me and then I can make sure that you are connecting with me on every platform. 
Love it. Well, thank you, Dr. Karen Reynolds, for joining me today. We look forward to seeing you in July. And thank you for the work that you're doing for so many families. Keep it up. I look forward to see what's coming from you next. But thank you. Thank you. And the same to you for having this platform to help everyone who want to stretch themselves and try something new because you have been so awesome, not just putting together the program, but y'all, let me tell you, she has things behind the scene to help us and prepare us. So that when we step in front of you, that we have it all together and not many people do that. So bless you, sister. Thank you. Oh, God bless you too. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another segment with the Seven Figure Boss. You guys know how to find Dr. Reynolds. She shared with you guys how you can look for Dr. Karen Green Reynolds on all of her social media platforms or go to her page. Y'all do not forget to reserve your seat for the Seven Figure Boss Summit. We got what, five weeks away? I'm so excited. You guys are going to walk away feeling on fire, feeling ignited, feeling we got every aspect of your businesses and your life under control. Y'all should know. Y'all should know me by now. All right. So make sure y'all head on over to the podcast, like, share, and follow, and always go out and make million dollar choices and have an amazing, amazing day. Okay, so how did you enjoy this episode? Do you have a lesson, a takeaway, or a story from the episode that you'll like to share with other people? I would love to know. Let me know your thoughts of your favorite moments and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform or help text on my IG at The 7 Figure Boss. And if you're still here, thank you. Thanks for being a part of my mission to educate young girls and women about financial freedom. I do it so they know that they can have it all and create it all by themselves. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help me to reach out to more people. And as always, go out and remember, make million dollar choices.